I'm Dave. And I'm Nancy. And this is Middle-Aged Wisdom. Where we talk about mistakes we've made. Lessons we've learned. And sharing things we think are super cool. So you can get closer to living your best life. Welcome to episode 10 of the podcast, Middle-Aged Wisdom. We're always hearing things about sales, marketing, how to sell to people, how to make them buy more. But how important is the opposite? How important is it to be a good buyer, to be a good client or a patient? Is that important at all? Does it interfere with the relationship or the transaction in any way, shape, or form? We're going to dig into this question a little deeper today and tell you why it is so important to be a good buyer. Yeah, and with like the Amazons of the world and the internet marketplace, there's lots of situations where this doesn't matter at all. If there's anything you're wanting to purchase that could be commoditized, where you know basically the, the cheaper it is, that's gonna determine where you buy it. There's no relationship associated with it. That's not what we're talking about. I mean, if you wanna buy a toaster, go find the cheapest one, right. wherever that might be. A kid's toy. Um, you can buy a blender, all those things. Yes, maybe you want to go on Amazon. Maybe you want to go to Target. Maybe you want to go to Walmart. All those places do not require relationship. It's a very easy transaction. Yeah, but what about those transactions or business dealings where the relationship does matter? And it can matter quite a bit, especially if it has to do with your business or something to do with your work where there are people where you are a paying customer for them and your ability to do your job or conduct your business relies on them coming through for you. We were talking recently about Nordstrom and we were relating it back to this topic. Nordstrom's doing really poorly lately. And we also know that in several states, Nordstrom's have closed. Um, and even in several malls in our area, Nordstrom is an open. And I wonder if it has anything to do with their main business model is customer service and relationships. And now that that has been taken away, Nordstrom clothes and shoes have become a commodity. Mm -hmm. You can get them online, probably cheaper through a different buyer. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked. But um, could you? You know, because now that experience is gone, that whole relationship when you go in and someone relates to you and, and talks with you and really gets to see what you're looking for, you feel being like you're taken care of. So, yeah, with Nordstrom, it's interesting because the interpersonal aspect of their business really enables them to be a very desirable place to do business with. But there's an, another interesting, really relatable example we'll go into, and it's uh, if anybody's uh, used an Uber or a Lyft to get around, you're very familiar with how you get prompted after any one of your rides to rate the driver, right? And they give you a couple of different survey questions of ways you could rate them. Have you ever given a bad rating? I haven't had cause to, but if I really did, I probably would. I mean, it's kind of a big deal for their ability to have people want to you know, use that driver. Okay, so I wouldn't just give them a bad rating willy-nilly, but if they deserved it, sure I would. Mm -hmm. All of my experiences have always been really good. They've been really good conversationalists. If I wanted to talk, they would talk. If I didn't, they didn't. And it was all, it was all good. But remember that one ride that we had? What, was it Christmas Eve? We were going to the Nutcracker somewhere. 
We went to that comedy show with our friends. Oh, that's right. And it was during a snowstorm. Major snowstorm. And the ride there was fine. But then the ride back, this lady, uh, <laughs> she made us fear for our lives. She ran through intersections. It was icy. I mean, she was not a careful driver. She was like, oh, I almost hit that car. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, whoa. I mean, she smelled like she'd been smoking smoking doobies, you know, between between rides. And it was just like, oh, everything about it felt wrong. She got us there in one piece. So she there's did. no, you know. Right. No faulting I think that, I just didn't right? read her. <laughs> I think we just sort of thanked our lucky stars and said, we'll, we'll move on. Right. But the thing I wanted to get to is that both Lyft and Uber now have a thing where, where they will rate you as a passenger. Were you a good passenger? Did you look yours up? Uh, I did. And thankfully, in both of these uh, ride-hailing services, I have a 5.0 rating oh i have one that says new which makes me think that's code for bad passenger she needs to earn a rating <laughs> I, I don't know she's not the other on the one rating is five scale. she's not on the rating scale yet but anyways i liked the quote here's what it says on the uber website about why they why well, your rating matters mm -hmm. kind of what our whole entire podcast is about ratings foster mutual respect between riders and drivers goes on to save how it strengthens our community just as you expect drivers to treat you with respect drivers hope to feel the same acknowledgement from riders so um it does tell you that it's important it's important to the driver and um, mutual respect and this comes into play in a lot of places besides just if you need a lyft or an uber and so we're going to talk about some examples we've experienced in our own business dealings and that the two lines of work we're in are quite different and oh my gosh, this is vital to being able to do what we do. So Nance, mm -hmm. you're a dentist. Right. Why does this matter? What are some examples of why this would matter in the dental business? I'm going to tread lightly. I know there are some patients that listen to us and the patients that do listen to us, obviously you're my faves. <laughs> <laughs> We love you. We love you. <laughs> but seriously, it is really important to have a good relationship. Doctor-patient relationships are very, very important to getting the best outcome um, and having the most success. People come to me because they trust me, number one. Mm -hmm. um, they know just from word of mouth that I'm a decent dentist. And, um, and then I in return, expect them to give that, to give me the benefit of the doubt, right? That mm -hmm. they have come to me, they trust me, and um, and I would like them to respect that during the appointment, mm -hmm. right? So um, for example, I know I'm in an area where people are nervous and it's not their most favorite place to be, and that's not about this part, right? That is just, that's just something that happens. That's what I signed up for. We work around that, no big deal. Have you had to fire patients before? I would say over my 15-year career, maybe 10. So then those people no longer get the privilege of your services. Right. Right. Uh, what about trust? What about, uh, have you ever had uh, patients in your chair that really clearly did not display that they were trusting you? Yes. Yeah. Does that make your job more difficult? Yes. And so it's the same sort of thing is I believe you came to me because you trusted me or because someone else that you trust trusted me and now you're a new person to me. And when you give me that right, 
then you have to kind of forego any kind of preconceived thoughts or what you think I should say or what you think I should do because now you're asking me for my expertise. Mm -hmm. And so it gets a little funny too with the patient-doctor um, relationship. When someone tries to overstep their boundaries, they read something on Wikipedia, they read something on Dr. Google or whatever it is, and um, they all of a sudden feel like they know best. I, I have experience, I have many, many years behind me. I've probably dealt with this situation before and you've come to me for a reason. So I need to do my job. So some of them, it, it could go so far as that they actually make it difficult for you to do your job. Like maybe they, they won't accept treatment or the kind of treatment you think is the right thing. Does that happen? Very possibly. You know, you mm -hmm. always offer them the best and you give them options. Um, and I don't even know if it's that, but, um, but sometimes it just becomes very difficult and it hinders my ability to do my best work as well you know so if they complain or they don't trust you the last thing you want to do is put a burr to their tooth i yeah. mean you don't want to get across that line as soon as you touch them you've now become they're they're yours right like yeah. you own everything despite their feelings about you yeah. so it's very very important that and i would put this out everybody out there is a patient or a client of someone and i would put that out there that you have to have trust in that person 100%. And if you don't, you probably should be looking to see someone else. Well, that was a big thing you just said was that somebody mistrusting you clearly or in some way really making it difficult for you to do your job means they're probably not getting as good a service as they might otherwise of their own doing. Of their own doing, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so when we say, your money isn't welcome here when we kind of joke about that in our um, title and what this podcast is about. It's one of those situations where sometimes you just have to just break the ties and mm -hmm. just say, and this isn't in a firing like we talked about before, because um, this is one of those things where you just say, I think the trust is gone. I think that we've lost it. I think that you'll do better seeing someone else. It doesn't happen very often, but I think it benefits both parties. And then sometimes, sometimes they'll say, "No, no, no! I trust you completely." And you're like, mm, "Show don't me, don't think you do? Show me, don't tell me." <laughs> so uh, you just have to make that judgment call as to how the rest will will kind of fare out. Okay, so that was really about patients trusting you or being good patients for you, and mm -hmm. how that can make your job easier or more difficult. Mm -hmm. But in the dental industry, you're also a client for other people, right? Right. Yeah, and where has that, that kind of manifested itself? What would be an example of that? I think about our dental sales rep, actually, when I think about that question. Pre-pandemic. Um, well, in dental sales rep, so you, right. they help you supplies. with- Supplies. Supplies. Equipment, any, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. anything that you need in the dental office. Right. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has the right to do it by themselves or to use a representative in their area. And um, we're a pretty large practice, so we use a representative. And there have been multiple people marketing us in the past. This particular person we have followed, I think, on and off through my 15 years of doing dentistry. I think I've, I've used her on and off. I say on and off only because she's switched companies and then maybe pricing got in the way or whatever it was. So this sales rep in particular, you've used for pretty much 15 years. Right. Even as she switched companies. Right. You had such a relationship with her. She's very professional. Mm -hmm. I can be point blank with her mm -hmm. and say, 
that's too much or we have to shop around for this particular thing or we're not coming in at budget. Yeah, so you are a paying customer to her, right? right? She's providing a service for you. Mm -hmm. If just as a just sort of a trivial question, but like how many different I don't know, like boxes of things do you get in per month for supplies? Oh my gosh, that's such a wow. Yeah, is it a hundred? A hundred? Is yeah. it a thousand? Yeah, no, like I, I would say a hundred. You get like a I mean, hundred boxes of supplies per month. So this is a big deal. It's a big deal. And it's yeah. a really big um, account for her Yeah. to have us. Could you, could you do what you need to do without these supplies? No. Yeah. Could you, uh, how much time would you need to take if you didn't have like a really great sales rep, mm -hmm. how much of your time would that all of a sudden probably tie up per month? Well, it's taking up a lot of our time. And so we did delegate that to an assistant mm -hmm. who still does use use her primarily, mm -hmm. but on some occasions may shop around for different things, depending upon what it is. Also pandemic, I mean, that is thrown us for a loop. Some of our supplies aren't available through anyone. So sometimes you just have to search for them. Mm -hmm. um, but how it played out for us pre-pandemic was um, we were using her a lot and we got kind of sold this other company, right? And this and this gal came in, um, was matching prices and going way lower, bringing us in a couple percentage points down from our budget, which is a really big deal again with the size of our account. So um, we talked it over. Um, I talk about my my partner quite a bit that um, we made this decision that um, we had to basically put her on hold. You know, the original gal. Yeah. So you switched sales reps because right. you were going to get. One or two percent cheaper prices. Right, mm -hmm. right. How to be professional. Sure enough, I wanted to say a different word, but this is a family show. <laughs> two days later, who do I see at the home show? Person I just fired. Mm, awesome. The original... This is just how life works out, yeah. right? She's as professional as can be. And this is after you broke the news where you had yeah. said we we can't work this with you anymore. This is just my life. Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> this because I was like, oh yeah, because you were like really awkward, and I, I didn't remember exactly who she was and I know and, and it was the first time meeting her family and it was just as awkward as you can imagine as you're listening to this um it, but I've known her forever and it's just been this weird thing it'd be like so, coming across somebody on the street two days after you broke up with them yes <laughs> like hey, hey you wow nice to see you Crap. um but I do really value her as a person as well and so we chatted a little bit and fast forward um COVID comes and the um, other, the new gal, right, that we had now was coming in under budget, she gets furloughed. So she's non-existent. The new sales rep gets furloughed. Right. I think we worked with her for about two weeks and she got furloughed. So this is like somebody, you break up with somebody, yeah. you find the new person, the new hotness, then two weeks later they yeah. like move out of the country and they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> analogy because that's how we felt. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we're like, hey, hey later. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so now, I mean, we're closed down anyways, doesn't matter too much, but we're still searching for supplies as professional as always. Um, our gal comes back and when we start getting up and running again, when May comes, um, I was saying to the assistant who had taken over our accounts and when was ordering, I said, I cannot just throw her to the wayside. She has been there. She's been as professional as ever. She's come in as low as she possibly can with the budget. And um, and she's she's really been as professional as she as she could possibly be. And I, I can't 
disregard that and all of a sudden go back to this gal who gets furloughed and kind of falls off the face of the earth for a little while. I just can't. That's not that's not who I am. It's not going to happen. You know? Yeah. And so um, and so she was like, okay, I'm going to, I'll ask her and I'll make sure she's part of the loop and I'll make sure that she's part of the supply chain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's been like that ever since. And of course, like we're still looking at pricing and everything, but she gives us a great price. Yeah. So the relationship. Right. Because the the supply chain for you is vital to your business. Right. It's not something you can take for granted. And there's probably not dental sales reps just like on every street corner like a Starbucks. There's probably like however many, you know, to choose from. It's right. not like it's not like you can go shopping around for sales reps right. every month. Right. I mean you can if you wanted to, but it'll be a big pain. Yeah, it'd be mm-hmm. very disruptive. So right. the long term relationship has like been invaluable to you in having reliability of your supply chain, the pricing right. of your supply chain. On both ends too, you know, um, buyer and seller. Because for me, if I was a big jerk about it and was saying, oh, we don't need your service anymore, um, you can't do this, and kind of was a jerk, she wouldn't have taken me back. Maybe she would have, but it mm. wouldn't have been a pleasant transaction to do that. Yeah, yeah. And on her part, if she wasn't as professional as she was, I may not have had the loyalty to go back to her. Yeah. So I think on both ends, that relationship had to be strong in order to go back after, you know, you kind of have your head between your knees Yeah. Um, in that situation. And the interesting point, and this is kind of the big point of the episode, is uh, that original sales rep didn't need to take your business back. She could have just said, right. no. Right. 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 I mean, this is a free market economy, more or less. Right. You know, somebody doesn't have to provide the service for you. Right. So this relates to my industry, too. And I work in a mm-hmm. completely different industry than Nancy. I work in the construction industry. Right. And my role in the construction industry is I work for a government agency and we design and build public works projects. Mm-hmm. And, and the type of work I do is really uh, focused on flood control and stream restoration. Okay. And year after year after year, we design and build projects. And there are not an endless number of designers or builders who are good at or even interested in doing our type of work. So we've found incredible value in the long-term relationships we've developed with our core group of designers and builders. This observation was unmistakable to me in Colorado in 2013 we had this massive statewide flood. And as after the flood water seceded, there was just damage all over in all these communities, utilities destroyed. Mainly road. Boulder, if people have heard of Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, Boulder, Colorado, but like, I mean, around a quarter of our state was just, just whacked, okay? So if you can imagine in the aftermath of a flood like that, anybody with an engineering scale or an excavator is all of a sudden a really hot commodity, mm-hmm. right? And the thing that really struck me was my agency, we had been working with so many of these folks for for years, decades in some cases. And in the post-flood experience, when so many of them could have risen their price, raised their prices, so many of them really had a choice of which clients they wanted to work with. I mean, if you had like 10 people calling you, you do have a choice about which one you go and do and work with, mm-hmm. especially if you only have one excavator. And I was struck by how responsive they all were to us why do you think just because the relationships throughout the whole time leading up to this uh yeah it was because of the institutional long-term relationships we developed with these folks which was one of mutual respect one of professional trust one where they have expressed to me that we were one of the most reliable and prompt paying customers that they work with 
uh, that we really value what they do. And it's, and it wasn't just about like the, the money part of it. Uh, you know, like with Nance, with the, the dental rep, it had to do with the relationships too, that, that the level of mutual respect was huge. Right. Dave won't toot his own horn on this, but, but I can, um, this isn't to, to, um, sell his book in any way, shape or form, but he did write a book about this, um, called the effective client. And it was based on this topic. I think this topic is important in his particular industry with not only the construction um, crews, the engineers, um, the people that facilitate that, administrators, um, cities and counties. Uh, I think that any of those people that work in any type of job like that um, would find it beneficial to read. I think it just shows how important the relationship is and these things that you never, ever think they are. Yeah, and, and in talking with some of those folks in working on my book and researching it, one of the other things I found really interesting was uh, I asked them, hey, for different clients that you work with, do you charge some of them different prices? And they said, yes. <laughs> All of them said yes. And they even said that their prices could range for the similar type of work, anywhere from 10, 20, even 30% or more for the same type of work based solely on the client they were dealing with. Anybody that has um, any kind of experience in retail or um, restaurant or waitress or anything like that, you can probably relate to this because you get those, um, what we call the PETA customer. You know that once eight gallons of ranch with their fries or um, once three beers in 10 minutes and you know, you're, you just can't move fast enough and you just want to upcharge everything. Yeah. That's where this comes into play. Yeah. So if you're an owner who hires designers and builders, you know, they're bidding your project and every project is one of a kind. So they all get bid on their own. Right. And I was just really amazed by that. And in fact, I asked one particular contractor, I said, do you charge different people at my own organization, different prices than others? And he said, yeah. <laughs> Really? Yeah. I didn't know that part. Yeah. And Just was, because of ease of working with them? Yeah. Even on an individual basis, what were you like to work with? Are you a PETA, which just stands for pain in the ASS? <laughs> uh, or are you not? Are you going to be you know, going to make this really painful for me or easy? And pain can mean time. It can mean money. Are you a yeller? <laughs> are you a screamer, a yeller, a... Um, as someone who kind of has their temper tantrums about certain things, I would imagine they'd be in that category. Yeah. And so I think the tie that binds, whether we're talking about dentistry or we're talking about construction is, 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 is there an important relationship, relational aspect of the work that you do and the services of the other people that you need to pay to help you do what you need to do? And if there is, and especially if it's a long-term thing you're going to be doing year after year, it is of the utmost importance that you have effective, good relationships with those people. And it's going to mean time and it's going to mean money. And if there's a pandemic and they can't find PPE, <laughs> uh, the dental reps probably going to help you out more if you guys have a good relationship or right. if there was a flood and a contractor has 10 different people calling him to come help move this Creek back to where it was because it moved. Well, they're going to pick their favorites right. and, it, and it's that did happen to us too. When yeah. we couldn't find the N95 masks and level three, level two, level one, we we have all these different level of masks depending upon what we're doing. And um, and it was true that the other company that gave us the lower budget number 
Mm -hmm. um, they never had, ironically, a single box for us, a single box of anything, not a mask, not a glove, not a gown, nothing. And this other company where we had the relationship with, we they were the ones that would say, hey, we just got a box of blah, 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 and 95 masks or, you know, level three, what do you need? It um, took care of you. It took care of us. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes it really pays to be a desirable customer, to be seen as a desirable customer. Right. Yeah. So, so to wrap it up, be courteous, be respectful, put away the self-serving component of it, and be good to each other. Otherwise, Uber and Lyft may give you a bad rating, and then you might be left out to dry. Mm -hmm.